welcome to the Airborne Mind Show. I am your host, Ms. Bahawk, and you are listening to Ms. Unfiltered. This space is an area for me to share and explore with you some things that I'm learning, I'm exploring, or I'm entertained by, and really a space for you to ask questions and for me to uh, free flow, improvise, and talk about them in real time. So along the way, I hope you pick something up or this helps you get through your day in some way uh, and at the very least put a smile on your face. Because you're listening, I have a free gift only for podcast listeners that you can grab if you head over to MizHQ.com. Again, that's M-I-Z-H-Q.com. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, this is Miz Unfiltered. Hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, Today, Rachel and I are going to dig deeper on burnout and maybe some other things. Yeah. Let's talk about burnout. I feel like there's a couple different types of burnout, different ways you think about it, mm-hmm. maybe as either an, ap- an athlete or a coach or just someone who's working like a nine-to-five job and you just burn out. In the last episode, you talked about it a little bit or in a previous episode. We said you'd been feeling kind of burned out lately. Talk about that a little bit. What what did it feel like for you? What kind of sparked it? What helped you get out of it? Mm, um, yeah, this is an interesting one because I think a good way to set the context here is to start by talking about the stress buckets. Um, this is something, a discussion that I have with each client that I work with, and uh, it's for sure something that I try to track in my own life and just be aware of where I'm at with certain things uh, in regards to it. But if you want to think about stress as just one ginormous bucket, right? It's just one big bucket. And within that, you've got physical stress, you've got mental stress, and you've got emotional stress. Okay, so these are three different forms of stressors. Uh, Physical stress can be the training stress that you get, right? So from actually training, um, what are the stressors that are going into your kind of physiology in that sense. Um, Then you've got the uh, nutrition, right? So food that you're eating, um, there's different types of food that will be more stressful on your system or less stressful. So that's something to take into account. Within mental stress, um, a lot of this can be I think, uh, you know, one is just day-to-day life and work and obligations that you have uh, that can contribute to mental stress. Uh, For example, like working a nine-to-five job, um, you know, it, it may not feel stressful to you, but it's still stress, right? Same thing with snatching. It's like you might love snatching, right? But doesn't matter. Your body is still perceiving it as stress. Um, and, and, and the last one is, uh, what did I say? Physical, mental, and emotional. Yeah. Emotional stress is big too, because this is one that, uh, I think gets kind of put under the table a lot as well as like, Oh, if you're going through, um, you know, whether it's with friends, uh, family, a partner, or honestly, even with yourself. Right. So, um, I think there can be a blend of a lot of these things. It doesn't have to be strictly put into one of these buckets, but you want to look at on a scale of one to 10, where do you stand within each one of these categories, right? So if your mental stress, like let's say that, you know, I'll use myself as an example, right? So if I am 
I have a full client load. I have a bunch of uh, responsibilities outside of that that I want to keep up with. Um, you know, for example, the podcast that I'm doing, the stand up that I'm doing, etc. Uh, okay, my mental stress is pretty high. It's probably like a nine out of 10 of some sort, right? Uh, emotional stress. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody on this podcast has heard me talk about it, but, um, I have bipolar two disorder. So that's something that I kind of deal with. And there's a lot of emotional stress that I think comes with that. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is like, where, where am I at on that scale? whether it's a six out of 10 or seven out of 10, uh, it can vary, but then it's like, then you've got the physical stress, right? So, with training, I was training before about five days a week um, for quite some time while these stressors, like the other two buckets, were pretty high for me. Um, and so not acknowledging that and continuing to chip away and, um, you know, train really hard and, and just go hard in all these areas, right, whether it was mentally or physically – that stress bucket is going to overload. You can't have all of those categories be like an eight out of 10 and survive forever. Um, it's, it's going to run out at some point. It's just a matter of when. And I think me being somebody who has just had that mentality of like filling up all the space that I kind of have in a day and doing a lot of different things and just, yeah, getting by somehow, I've done that from like, a very young age and since I got started in fitness and some of it is are, are bad habits for sure um, that really started to catch up to me uh, I think when yeah all all of those stressors kind of became an eight out of ten or more and then it was like whoa this is not great because now I don't have the energy for anything and um, so anyways that's something that is shifting I, for myself and for other people as well, like all the time, it's never always going to be at an eight out of 10. Uh, but it's just being conscious of where you're at within that. So you can hopefully prevent burnout before it happens. Um, or if you're in it, you kind of have some idea of like, all right, what, what do I need to do to pull myself out of this? Yeah, I think a lot of people experience burnout. And sometimes you don't even know it's happening until it's like, it's too late, right? You're already mm -hmm. pretty burnt out. What would you say to those people? How do you, you know, how do you help them? Like, let's say it's a client who's experiencing it. Well, I think the mo the people who might be most susceptible to burnout are the ones who are very positive minded and very uh, like, it's fine. I can do it. It's fine. Like they say yes to a lot of things. Uh, they don't, they kind of, push away some of the intuition that might come up, which is like, yeah, you don't need to do this right now, or this is too much, like you can't handle this. Um, there's a fine line between differentiating something as being like negative self-talk, right? And you being negative versus kind of being stupid in a way, right? Which is like when you, it's right. kind of like coming back to snatching, right? Which is like, okay, or training in general. I don't know why I'm saying snatching, but um, this concept of like, oh, I'm feeling so crappy right now, but I'm still going to push through this workout and give it all I have until I lay on like flat on my back, staring up at the ceiling. Um, there, There's a certain point and there's a certain time for mental toughness within a lot of these things, right? But then you can very quickly go over into the stupidity zone when it's like you're just dismissing it as you being mentally tough. But in reality, it's like 
it's all going to kind of come together at the end and catch up to you because it was something, it was a little signs here and there that you kind of ignored in the first place and you kind of just pushed away like it was no big deal. Um, and, and to the people that can sustain these high, high levels of effort, uh, for a long time, it's, you know, I mean, I'm definitely not one of them, so I can't, I can't attest to it, but, uh, you know, your physiology, like some people have higher thresholds than others. And I will admit, I think mine is a bit higher in some sense. So which is why people are like, Oh, you're you still like, you still do so much and blah, blah, blah. But I don't always feel like that. You know, I don't feel like I, I feel like I, there's this other level that I want to be able to operate at. And I have to catch myself and, and give myself the full picture as to like, whoa, these are all the different things you are involved in and where your time is going. And you it's it's stupid for me to just dismiss it as like, oh, no big deal. Like, yeah, I can do it. I can do this. I can do that. Um, so it's really starting to become aware of the fact that one, you are human and you are susceptible to this thing called burnout, just like anybody else is. And uh, really taking inventory, I think, of where your time is going, where your energy is going, um, and how it kind of matches up with where you want it to go. Um, so yeah, if, if it's a client of mine, it's it's understanding which of these areas and categories are, let's say, uh, limitations. For example, like somebody who is uh, working in the ICU. I have a client who works in, in the ICU, and she's somebody who is going to have a, a schedule that's like, hey, one day you're working I can't remember if it's 24 hours, but it's a lot of hours, right? And you're working really hard for, let's say, two days, and then you get off for like another day or two. Well, anyways, that is that is still uh, a stressor on your body. That is still a physical and mental stress. And even though you might love the hell out of your job, it doesn't matter. It's still stress that is going into your body and that needs to be taken into account when you're designing a program or when you're you know, doing other things. So... Um, yeah, it's understanding, I guess, like, hey, which of these things can we change and can we mitigate in some way? And and which of these things can't we do that with? Um, so, you know, that's that's her job. And that's something that uh, we can't change. But it's also knowing, okay, what's the what's the timeline? Like, this is going to be for the next 10 years, 20 years. Um, okay, if that's the case, then let's work on the other stuff. And it's not to say that you might come from a nine out of 10 with mental stress uh, to or physical stress to um, like a five out of 10. It's like one notch, right? Try to even mitigate it by one notch and it might have a substantial difference in terms of how you recover how you feel um and just how you show up and operate day to day right um so let's say somebody starts to feel burnout what would the first step be um when you first start to feel like you are burning out i think it's it's important to take, cause I think when you're in it, right, you're doing, you're doing a lot and you feel like there's no space, right? Like there's just more and more to do and it's never ending. Um, or at least that's been one way that it's kind of shown up for me. Um, and it feels like you're just constantly on and there's no chance to kind of step back and, you know, recharge in any way. So one, it's, it's understanding, okay, well, I need to make that time. How am I going to do it? Uh, now I get it. If you're somebody who, you know, uh, is, is growing a business or 
you know, you just had a baby or any big life change, there's going to be factors that you can't get around and can't change, right? But then it's, you've got to figure out what are those loopholes where I can start to create some space and some time. And then, um, I would say that it's starting to basically, um, check the boxes as to, you know, are you, are you sleeping enough? Chances are you're not at this point because your life is super full with whatever it is, you know, you're doing that has caused you to burn out. But it's like, okay, are you sleeping enough? Are you nourishing yourself with food and with movement in an appropriate way, right? So for me, it was like taking a step back and being like, whoa, five days a week is not working for me anymore, Uh, especially because my priority is now like growing the business and spending more time into, you know, doing stand up and these things that I love, like that's an extra, basically, it was coming out to an extra four hours a week in a way that I could save by cutting down to three days a week. Um, and I have to say, I've been feeling a lot better in different ways because I the physical stress, I'm able to recover from it. I'm able to put more time into my training sessions, et cetera. Um, but I also now have space for these other things that I said like I said, oh, well, this is there. This is, I can't, I can't change this, right? Which is doing consultations and doing program design and uh, doing floor hours, et cetera. It's like, there's now some space for that, an extra four hours. And that's what it's going to look like is, is little increments of 30 minutes, 15 minutes. It's never probably going to be these ginormous chunks of time that are now available to you, but it's figuring out how to become efficient, how to systemize things. So you can open up that time. Uh, and, or unfortunately it's like letting go of some things that maybe are, you know, inhibiting you from having some of that. Um, whether it's, now or whether it's sometime down the future, knowing how you're going to navigate that, all of this takes some space and some time to actually think about. I know for me, um, you know, when I went back to PA for like a trip for like seven or 10 days, I spent hours like journaling and writing and really understanding where my time was going and how I wanted it to look, you know, and what that would mean is, okay, is this too full? Or how do I create the space for, you know, the alone time we talked about with personality, you know, with personality types and for me to function at an optimal level? Because unfortunately, it's like when you are burning out, nobody's winning. <laughs> I think Marcus says that to me all the time. He's like, he's like, you know, nobody wins. If you burn out, um, you don't win. The clients don't win and the business doesn't win. Like it's just, a, it's unfortunate for everybody. So it's starting to try to catch that stuff before it even happens. Um, and you can be more effective in whether it's stuff you're doing for yourself and, or your clients, um, or coaching, like you're just showing up overall as probably somebody more enjoyable to kind of be around and and be of higher value to people for sure um how has journaling kind of helped you in this process because i know that's a big thing i think we've talked about it just in general um as a client but also from a coaching perspective how does that help you to kind of gather your thoughts or recenter yourself or whatever it does for you Well, journaling is the one thing for me that has stayed so consistent, I think, on a daily basis for the last several years um, that 
I don't know. I can't. I know if I miss a day or two days or, you know, something happens where I'm not able to get to it, I feel it at this point. It's like my brain is chaotic and I need to be able to release that someplace. And I think that being able to do that on paper, um, one, it's great for stand up because it's, it's raw material and it's just getting your brain to make connections and actually you're writing to think, right? People say that it's like, you don't think to write, you write to think. And that's really what it allows me to do is process just a lot of what is going on. Um, so, and I think the one mistake, cause I know we're coming up on our, our time cap here, but, and this is a topic I think we should definitely dig deeper on, but I think for people who are like, oh, well, I'm not great at writing or that's not really my thing, or I can't sit down and do it. Like I'm not a great writer, whatever those excuses are, chances are is because you are trying to mimic some form of writing that you think it should look like, right? Which is what you learn in school or how you want to sound. When in reality, if you think about journaling, you need it to be like the way you're talking. Think about like the inside voice in your head right now and how it's talking or how it's speaking in some way. Like you need to be able to translate that and brain dump it onto paper. And I think that what inhibits people from writing is that, oh, it always has to be good. But in fact, it's like it doesn't. It's just you need to get it out on paper. And the only way to do that is to become very free with like what's in your brain and spitting it onto paper with a pen. Um, and over time, obviously, you get better at that. And um, you you find more freedom in it because you can articulate that stuff a little better. Uh, or if something's not fully articulated, I think that journaling allows you to gives you the space to actually articulate it. Like you organize your thoughts because you're seeing it on paper, right? And there's something to that, which is like, oh, this is actually what I'm thinking or, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. So I think it's extremely valuable uh, and therapeutic. I know for some people it can be very intimidating, um, but uh, I think it can and should have a place in, 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 um, you know, a lot of people's lives out there who are probably not doing it right now, but uh, it might be something that really resonates if they give it a chance. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, it's a super powerful tool that's underutilized. Yeah, 100%. It's like, especially now that we have phones and laptops, and that's where we're mostly at. Um, the f Like, I get such weird looks when I'm at Starbucks with, I have three different notebooks that I work on kind of at once in some ways. And so people like look at me like I'm crazy. And it's, it's funny, because nobody else is really writing anything on paper. It's like everybody's right doing it on the computer or laptop or phone. And I think that the act of you actually writing something on a piece of paper, one, it forces you to slow down. Like your thoughts, ha you have to slow down in some way to get it out on paper because there's no backspace. There's no, uh, you know, there's no, you can't type like a hundred, however many words per minute, uh, like you can on a computer or phone. It ha you have to give it some space. And so um, I think that like a longhand process of writing is is very valuable and definitely underutilized. Yeah, I think I've always been more of a pen and paper person. I always got those weird looks in school when like everybody whips out their laptop and I'm there with notebook and pen. But technology is, it's great, but it's super distracting, right? Like if you're brain dumping on your phone and you're typing whatever and then somebody texts you or an email comes through or a call or whatever, like there it goes. Yeah. There's your thought and there goes that valuable time that you were alone and distracted. I think there's something to slowing down and taking this space away from it. 
Oh, 100%. I think uh, let's actually bookmark this because I want to dig deeper into this topic of like using technology and how it can rob you of a lot of things, but rob you of your own thoughts and your own creativity that a lot of times already exists, but it's, you're just, there's no space for it to actually exist because technology is always going and there's always something. And I think I would love to dig deeper into that topic in, uh, in our next episode. But, um, how about you think we should wrap this up now? Yeah, I think so. We'll dig into that one next time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening guys. Uh, Hope this was valuable in some way. Feel free to reach out, ask any questions that you have, uh, and stay tuned for our next one. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you lending me your ears. Before you head out, I wanted to share a free gift with you. It's only available for podcast listeners at MizHQ.com. Again, that's M-I-Z-H-Q.com. So go ahead and grab that. If you want to support the show, the best compliment that you can give is by leaving a review with your thoughts. You have no idea how much that helps, and I always love hearing from you guys. So once again, thank you again for tuning in. Until next time.